1: News and Welcome to The Right Can't Read, a podcast about how Michael Bay, even with endless DOD funding, cannot make a single good movie. Or more generally, a podcast-
0: I don't know. The Rock. That one's all right. That's fair. That's the Rock's fair. all
1: right. That's fair. I'll give you The Rock. Thank you. <laughs> or more generally, a podcast about how conservatives can't make any good art, so they steal it. That person you just heard talking about how great The Rock is. Is famed cryptocurrency influencer Aaron Simon.
0: Yeah, I've launched a new uh, coin called Simon Coin. Uh, it's based on the Ethereum squared blockchain. Uh, we in in basing it on that blockchain, you know, we did a lot of research and we were trying to figure out what specific blockchain would be the most destructive <laughs> to the environment to use, and we chose the Ethereum squared. Really, the whole goal for for Simon Square is not not for uh, use in everyday life as a currency, so much as to speed up the heat death of the world. <laughs> nice. So accelerationism
1: yeah. towards the heat death of the universe.
0: Yeah, not just the world, just, just, the, just world. the world. Yeah. So uh, we encourage you to we're we're on every Mart Binance, <laughs> Crypto Mart US Crypto Mart. dot com. We're on all of them all. You can get them. Get the coins. <laughs> Wherever
2: you get the coins,
1: you get the coins.
0: You get the coins. It's like on the Mario Sonic. You go through the hoops and get the coins.
1: Well, that was way better than the joke question I had planned for you guys. Oh. So, um, <laughs> introduce yourselves for real.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. i I'm, I, th- Introduce yourselves. This is a new one. uh <laughs> I'm, I'm. They do it on
1: the podcast, Aaron. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> damn it!
0: Yeah, you you've heard me on this multiple times. I am currently hungover. It is a very early hour here, and uh
1: it's four it, o'clock four <laughs> in the afternoon.
0: Look when you when you've spent the entire day passing in and out of consciousness because of your hangover time is really a suggestion. And uh you we it's hot and I am the world's oldest man.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> but we weren't introducing ourselves for you, Aaron, but because we have a new member joining us for the podcast that people might not have heard.
2: Yeah, so I don't know how I can uh follow that intro. <laughs> but uh, anything my is name better than is that. Rachel. I use she her pronouns. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm just taking it day by day and waiting for the world to end, basically, so.
0: Well, you know, you, you know. can speed it along if you buy Simon points.
2: I know, that was a great, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah great yeah. thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Aaron, Rachel, yeah. today Hi. we are going to be talking about something slightly less dystopian than NFTs. Ooh. Have you ever heard of the movies The Matrix? I have, indeed. This an
0: algebra movie?
1: Yeah, Exactly. The yeah. matrices, the classic. Matrices,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> SAT tutor joke coming at you. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest from up front here. I'm not a huge Matrix person because I'm not a huge action movie person. They're fine. The cinematography is brilliant. The kung fu slash gun fu is pretty cool. Don't so, you
0: don't you call it gun fu? It's gun fu. That's way too close to that horrible gun kata bullshit <laughs> from equilibrium
1: that movie is unapologetically okay um
0: <laughs> that's like a, that's a good poll quote for that box
1: unapologetically okay
0: yeah watch christian bale cry at, at beethoven's ninth
1: <laughs> if it was just that it would be awesome
0: <laughs> <laughs> 2 hours
1: and making a summer blockbuster about being trans is really fucking cool in my opinion I'm just not like a bang, bangy movie type of girl. It's not my thing.
0: But, but are you into uh, like philosophy
1: I mixed am.
0: with techno futurism and cyberpunk?
1: Yeah. And we're going to get into all of that.
0: Well, then there you go.
1: This gets into what I'm really looking for, which is as a resident podcast person who was sentient in the 90s, <laughs> I would like you to talk a little about The Matrix coming out. First I will set the scene. Yeah. It's okay. 1999. You're in Tennessee. I am. You're wearing Jenko jeans and your Tamagotchi is thriving. <laughs> and yes. You, and you've just been thrown into a frenzy of sexual arousal by the premiere of Brendan <laughs> Fraser's The Mummy. <laughs> oh, Statistically yeah. Rachel f- Wise. <laughs> Statistically speaking, your favorite song is Believe by Cher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what what so what the matrix came out in 99 Yep. i want to say my favorite song was probably something off of fucking hybrid theory by lincoln park
1: oh god that's somehow worse all I right well let me
0: about. hold on let me look that up i want to see what year that came out theory lincoln park <laughs> that was oh no that was released in 2000 so it wasn't it wasn't lincoln park i don't know it, it, it if that you might can't work.
1: remember statistically speaking it was believed probably, by Cher
0: probably believed by Cher yeah, the Cher.
1: number one billboard song of that year,
0: hey, uh, that. year
1: <laughs> that. looking at
2: the billboard list of the nine, the 99 fire every song fire <laughs> oh
0: god let, what's on the billboard list for this <laughs>
2: let's see what we got we got do and a bottle Christina Aguilera uh,
1: yeah living la vida
2: loca Ricky Martin
1: For some reason I think that song came out In like 1948 It feels like it should have come out in 1948 It just never goes away
0: Like uh, the genie in a bottle Song that I remember I had a friend Who was Like he had the video on loop And it was One of those things where You know you're you're a boy (laughs) You're, You're getting Into your teenage years you, there's all the feelings that you don't really. Yeah, that was weird going over to his house at that
1: point. Man. Ugh. Cause society hadn't yet accepted the incredible music that would be produced by Lincoln Park.
0: Exactly. That's what made you feel weird. Uh third eye blind jumper. Oh, that was a big one. That was I like that one a lot. That mm-hmm. was
2: I still uh, you know jammed to that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. You got some r kelly r kelly's in the news
2: yeah finally
3: yeah I will finally. Say. Yep.
0: yeah yeah uh alabama and in sync with not coming in at 100 in 1999 <laughs> god must god must have spent a little more time on you <laughs> jesus okay. goo goo dolls iris yeah 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 so this is uh, a yeah. No, I'm yeah. I'm glad that we that our podcast yeah. is now about the the billboard for, the for <laughs> I like this. 99. This is much better than talking about the right wing.
1: <laughs> so the Matrix has just come out. What was God. it like?
0: Well I was twelve and uh thus my mother did not let me watch the movie. Oh no. So I went to once it came out on video. This was a that- thing. That we had to do. Uh, no, I think I watched it on DVD. Wow. Okay.
2: Not even VHS.
0: Might have wow. been VHS. I don't remember. Um, but it was at my the aforementioned friend's place <laughs> where we watched The Matrix. Um, no, I thought it was rad as hell. Uh, and Carrie Ann Moss was. I mean, <laughs> that 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 was my version of the genie and the bottle thing. So. <laughs> Uh, that was also the first time I heard. But drag, yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie, I think, is in that one. Is in the movie. Music is. Isn't Dracula in that, or am I thinking of Blade?
1: I have no idea.
0: Matrix soundtrack. I remember liking the soundtrack a lot. Yep, Dracula. So that was the first time I heard Rob Zombie. Mm. Uh, it opened up vast mental scapes, landscapes to me.
1: That this was the eventual death of your love of Linkin Park was the Matrix soundtrack,
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, before, oh, yeah, that's yeah, cause I think like around this time, uh, was when I had heard Rage Against the Machine for the first time, too. And uh, I think the first time I'd heard it was when I was in my room watching a rerun of SNL, and it was an episode where like forbes was hosting and rage against the machine was the musical act and my brother walked by and said oh that's ironic and uh i said why and he explained why and that's that's why i'm a leftist now
1: yeah you rage against (laughs) the machine pilled.
0: yeah Um, yeah. Yeah. like so many of us yeah
1: (laughs) so everybody loved it in 1999 though right it was really big
0: it was huge at least with my weirdo friends
1: Maybe not
0: huge with the broader but, Tennessee area, but I mean it was like I want to say people it was pretty popular in in high school because I mean it was or, like middle school, you know it was like action movie, yeah. The 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 fun fight scene in the office building uh, <laughs> lobby it was just yeah really cool, very bad nice. soundtrack. Uh, later on in the series, they had the GameCube tie-in. Of very bad I've, game i think i am the only person who enjoyed that game you are yeah <laughs>
1: it's a very bad game so
0: we're getting into me being a very big fan of these movies
1: i was i was like seven when i first played it and even then i was like this is some bullshit Now I, <laughs> I loved it
0: i was like whoa it mixes the movie in with the game but you're playing these other characters? That's really cool. <laughs> what other questions do you have for me as I look back into my mind's
1: eye? Those those, all of my Matrix questions. Okay. And that wraps up our introduction part.
0: No. Very <laughs> like, short. that wraps up our
1: podcast <laughs> thank you for again.
0: listening <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> next like, week I just wanted to hear you reminisce about 1999 for a few minutes
0: there's <laughs> not much else that's good in 1999 I think yeah. uh, the, the next year was when I had my bar mitzvah
1: hmm. Yeah. congrats yeah. on that
0: thank you <laughs> revisiting all <laughs> of that
1: how long do you have left on your holla
0: I have three minutes so uh, yeah Tell you what, let me, just... go, let me go punch it down. I'll be right back.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, do cool. we have, like, elevator music? Yes. We actually have some <laughs> pretty good music that a friend of Aaron's came up with. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, Thank hi, you. Barry. Barry. Oh, what you drinking?
2: Mm, this is a House cider. Ooh. It is one of their Excelsior ciders, so it's, Ooh. like, 10%. Dang. Yeah.
1: I got spoiled in Portland, and now I'm out of the land of good cider, and I miss it so much.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah, I haven't been drinking beer in a while, so really, cider is the only thing.
1: Just a personal choice or a broader reason?
2: Uh, not even, like, a choice. It's like, I'm not feeling beer today, yeah. and then it's just, like, every day I feel that way. <laughs>
1: yeah, I never got into beer. I know some people really, really like it, but...
2: Yeah, I go through waves. Mm. Like, there's this one new brewery actually that just opened. Well, they have two locations in Portland, but they just opened up another one in, um, in my neighborhood. And all of their beer is like it's labeled as an IPA, but it doesn't taste hoppy at all. So they're kind of just like blurring the lines between like what's a sour and what's an IPA, and like mm. they're having fun with it. So
1: I do love a sour. That's yeah. Cool. Where in Portland do you live? Uh, southeast. Oh, nice. Uh, Woodstock area. Oh, cool. I would have been 50th and Hawthorne when I was in hmm. So yeah. Nice. Alrighty. All right,
0: I got 30 minutes before 30 I minutes. do right. another thing.
1: All right. Let's jump into part one. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Part one leather, robots, and waking up in goo. Robots. Robots.
0: Hey, that's, I mean, that's just a tagline for puberty. Yes, it is. Yeah
1: so as you pointed out aaron the matrix was a cultural phenomenon you Especially
0: cannot anyone who was slightly nerdy
1: yeah
0: like i was i was thinking about it as we uh took a little, little mini break there and one of the reasons it was very big for my my little friend group is like we were the weirdos who had like people in our circle who built computers uh, yes. And that was before you could just plug things into a case. You had to like weld. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they like build computers. Weld, yeah, it was like building things on, like soldering them to motherboards instead of just clipping things on.
1: Jesus. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big <laughs> Matrix moment. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of like can't oversell the impact of the movie. It was like one of the big blockbusters of the time. And unlike some of the other high-grossing summer blockbusters in history, The Matrix actually had some cultural staying power. It wasn't one of your Avatarses or your live-action Lion Kingses. Uh,
0: I'm sorry, Robert, but Avatar has another sequel. Has a sequel coming out now?
1: No one, another in the whole two. world cares.
0: That is incorrect. Actually, uh, it is weirdly popular in Hungary. Uh, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you were recall this, Rachel, but when we were in Budapest, there were a lot of signs for Avatar stuff. And that it was wasn't strange. in
2: Budapest, by the way. you were in. No. No. Yeah.
1: All right. Famed thing that controls the international movie market, the Hungarian box office. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean it's always a race for the Hungarian box office it's yeah. uh yeah they edited quite.
1: some israel stuff out of Top Gun Maverick so that it would play well, well in the hungarian box <laughs> they <laughs> they just
0: i i think uh every every scene of a of a bad guy they just uh edited in george Soros's face,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it even had more cultural staying power than something like your phantom's Menace. Uh,
0: Oh, I don't know if I agree with that one. What cuz you I knew you're... that
1: one would be more controversial, but Phantom's <laughs> menace made me laugh really hard like it's attorney's general. <laughs> Not true, but I think it's funny. <laughs> All right.
0: I will defer to the bit.
1: Ground seated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have lost in the marketplace of ideas.
1: As a as a firm believer in Phantom Menace supremacy and the Star Wars canon, <laughs> I will not make that point. Pod racing is awesome. Um it's
0: the only good part of that movie. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's the best part of Star Wars. Uh no. Yes. Incorrect. Regardless of whether it's more popular than the Phantom's menace. Um, the <laughs> Matrix is still one of the most widely loved movies of all time, which The Phantom Menace is not. Um, this is the fact. Yeah. So what about The Matrix makes it such an enduring piece of art and culture? There's a lot of great answers to that question, but my answer is that it's just, like, cool. You could yeah. do a better analysis, but to understand why it's cool, we have to dig into the Wachowskis and the plot of the trilogy a little um if you've never heard of it it was a series kicked off by the titular movie that the wachowski sisters made in 1999
0: and if you've never heard of it reach out i would like to to talk to you and just like to know understand you you.
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. if you live in like Mm -hmm. a mennonite community and they're for some reason listening to this specific podcast (laughs) exactly um i don't know too much about either of the wachowski sisters lana and lily So definitely don't take my word as gospel.
0: They're they're both pretty private. Like, there's not a lot of... They don't do a lot of interviews. No. Especially not after everything they've experienced. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah.
1: Being trans women in public is terrifying. Um, They seem cool, though. They're Bernie Sanders supporters who like tabletop RPGs and video games, sci-fi, cyberpunk, and bullying conservatives on Twitter
0: always good hobbies.
1: Broadly cool stuff. Yeah. They've cited their influences as John Woo, Dostoyevsky, George Lucas, and Homer, which is also a weird list of shit. Yeah,
0: no, I think that all tracks. I mean, John Woo is very same level of maximalism. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Rachel, you've been... I'm going to force you into the spotlight here. If I were to say uh, that the Matrix could be improved by uh, like just doves flying everywhere at all times, would you agree or disagree with that statement? Disagree. Okay, that's a bold stance, (laughs) (laughs) but I understand. I I mean,
2: to back that up, I just, I, yeah.
0: No. I mean, I understand. I, I've seen your workstations. It's all like CRT monitors with like green text on black background, <laughs> flying down. And you listen to Rob Dracula by Rob Zombie pretty much on repeat. Yeah, so yep, yep. You're a big Matrix head. I understand.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas Aaron's workstation is just dubs.
0: <laughs> it's just just thousands but dubs. of dubs. Thousands of dubs.
1: <laughs> with your
2: little dog picture in the corner, just yeah. reminding you yep, every day. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it
1: like yep. will ferrell
0: and the producers <laughs> god i keep forgetting he was the the nazi in that
1: yeah this one adaptation. good adaptation yeah well i don't know i don't know Strange of
0: fiction was good
1: *Strange of fiction was good as is talladega nights i will die on that hey? i
0: dislike talladega nights immensely
1: mm, oh, there I'll are
2: some see. good bits in there yeah
0: yeah well uh i think part of it is like i don't like john c Riley. That's in fair. a lot of movies. Like I I he's really great when he's not being a comic actor. Yeah. I don't think I've
2: ever seen him in a non-comic act,
1: comic actor.
0: Never seen great Gangs of New York? No. Oh, Fuck,
1: I always forget John C. Riley's in Gangs of New York. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh well, he's in a he's in he's been in a lot. He's okay. been on a lot of stuff. Uh he he was well, he was, hey, that's barely a credit. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Wreck It Ralph, but I mean, that's technically, oh, yeah. Comedy. Uh, let's see,
1: <laughs> like how you went from Gangs of New York to Wreck It Ralph. I'm
0: just, I'm well, I'm, <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> all looking movies at... fall between <laughs> these two movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at
0: IMDb, uh, he's in The Lobster, which is a, a go- uh, another yeah. good one. Uh, let's see, a, a non yeah comedy uh nah, this is this is great great content uh we need, <laughs> we need to talk about kevin good movie uh, <laughs> all right yeah just keep yes. going just keep going free me from this hell <laughs>
1: <laughs> all in all the wachowskis seem like cool women making cool art by and large they almost got to make a Conan the Barbarian movie that I would really pay good money to see. But what? Yeah, they almost directed Conan 2 with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I Ooh, really wait. would have watched.
0: Not Wait, Conan 2, like not Conan the Destroyer.
1: No, there was almost a second Conan movie directed by the Wachowskis, which please someone make now.
0: How would that... Was that just the title, Conan 2?
1: I have no idea. Okay, I,
0: there, there was Conan the Destroyer. I don't know if you're aware of this shark.
1: No, it was Conan the
0: Barbarian. Then yeah. there was Conan the Destroyer.
1: I know that after the first Schwarzenegger Conan, they went to the Wachowskis and were like, "Do you want to make a Conan the Barbarian movie?" And they were like, oh. "Fuck yeah!" And it. Oh, turns-
0: oh, oh! You mean like that fucking horrible reboot, <laughs> the one with Jason Momoa that came no, out? No,
1: they wanted to make another one with Arnold.
0: Yeah, I know that, but like there, so there was Conan the Barbarian was in like the seventies. Yeah. And then there was Conan the Destroyer that came out a few years after that.
1: So it might have been after that. And then there was a
0: reboot. So this was before the reboot?
1: Yeah. This was before the reboot, and it was still going to have Arnold. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which would have been a cool movie. I would have liked to see them do a Conan. Um, I think these influences are cool because it gets to their core the Homer, Dostoevsky, John Wu, and George Lucas.
0: Conan the Barbarian.
1: Conan the Barbarian, yeah. They love overtly smart shit like Homer Dostoyevsky.
0: Conan the Barbarian.
1: And Conan the Barbarian, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like inaccessible nerds in some ways.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Both those
1: two and the (laughs) Wachowskis. However, they also love people like John Wu and George Lucas who create things that have mass appeal. Yeah.
0: D- if, <laughs> Despite George Lucas being an inaccessible nerd.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> who somehow strikes gold. Yes. <laughs> and I love that about them. Like all great nerds, they bite off way bigger concepts than they can chew, like in the movie Cloud they- Atlas. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I
0: thought we were still talking about the, the Matrix. No. Uh, yeah. No, Cl- I see. I've never seen the ma- I've never seen Cloud Atlas. I read the book.
1: Yeah, which in and of itself bit off a little more than it could chew. Yeah, but yeah, and they also can fall into the kind of hyper stylistic garbage that like George Lucas does, like they did in Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Another movie I haven't seen is
1: yeah. Speed Racer. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't see many artists good enough at both nerd shit and blockbuster shit to go way too far in either direction, which is cool. You don't get people who can be both Kubrick and Michael Bay depending on the project. Yeah, it's like a singularly Wachowski thing that I'm obsessed with. Hmm.
0: I don't know. I think like Nolan hits that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like Tenet is his attempt. Like, I don't think it's a like an actual attempt at being Michael Bay. Yeah, it's more of him just taking the audience's head and saying, "You want action?" <laughs> and just rubbing it into gunfire and, and splintering glass for two and a half hours. But
1: Christopher Nolan always knows exactly how smart Christopher Nolan is.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: which is an annoying Christopher Nolan thing. <laughs> I love it. It's never that I would not say is happening in the movie Speed Racer.
0: (laughs) No, no,
1: no, that's true. (sighs) And the best part about the Wachowskis is when they balance these two sides perfectly, which they did in the Matrix, as everyone in the whole world pretty much agrees. I'm sure everyone's probably seen it. If you haven't, I'm not going to get into a blow by blow summary of all three Matrixes matrices. The Sparks notes of the Matrix are that a hacker named Neo discovers he lives inside a simulation. The simulation exists because humans lost a war to robots, and now the robots use our body to keep their lights on. Uh, They do this to keep us all in these like goo pods and hook our brain into the metaverse.
0: Just a constant sound.
1: Exactly. That was good. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Solid sound effect. I appreciate it. Yeah they keep us all hooked into the metaverse so we can shop and work in an office like Mark Zuckerberg wants us to, for some reason. Um, (laughs) Neo discovers the world is just this computer game. He becomes a part of an international terrorist organization and sets out to destroy the robots and end people's life force being harvested to power a large machine. Classic anti-capitalist story stuff. Um, and then at the end of the first movie, he becomes a super-powered terrorist, able to control the virtual world with his thoughts. And the next two Freedom movies... Fighter. Terrorists, are cooler, Freedom fighter. <laughs> terrorists are cooler, though. Terrorists are cooler, though. Freedom Fighter is what you become after history decides it likes you, which means sell <laughs> out. <we> <laughs> sell out.
0: So, we... we, we Rachel... What's been the impact of The Matrix on your life? I mean, aside from always doing your work and black (laughs) monitor with green text falling down, which makes PowerPoints really hard to to work with, I know.
2: Well, I think it kind of really... I don't think it has had much of a direct impact. I remember watching it when I was younger, and then, like, really nothing stuck with me. (laughs) At all. (laughs) (laughs) So um <laughs> Just yeah, completely so washed over your brain. Yes, yeah, so this like, is like a fun revisiting for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but with but
2: the like, yeah, new.
0: Did, did you ever dip into like the 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 deep nerd shit?
2: I don't think so. No, it was like kind of before my not my time, but like it was past when I would have been interested in it.
0: I think. I so I, I think there's something that so I, I feel sorry for you because you never got <laughs> you never got that this means that you never got i Hugo know leaving
3: and oh, Hugo leaving is like
0: the best one of the coolest actors but he for a long time his profile in america was just nerd shit uh, like, okay he, yeah, yeah i like, recognize can, this
2: guy's face
0: yeah so and still really like i don't think he's really in a lot of high profile stuff uh, but yeah, like Matrix, Lord of the Rings.
2: Elrond, Lord of the Rings, yeah.
0: Yeah. for Vendetta. Uh, Red Skull. Captain
2: America, first. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Who, and who doesn't daydream about Hugo Weaving locking you in a small and nondescript <laughs> room and not letting you talk to your family?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, he's still he's
2: my also heart. in V for Vendetta, the title character. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. Of course, Robert was talking about uh <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Elron's treatment of Frodo, but
1: yeah, Elron and Frodo's cut BDSM <laughs> scene from the books—only in my fan fiction.
0: <laughs> but also like Laura, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, who was it? He's been in a lot of movies, but I only knew him as Morpheus. Uh, uh, he he was in this incredibly gritty neo noir movie called uh, King of New York with Christopher Walken. And he plays the (laughs) anti-Morpheus in that that movie. But yeah, like this—this was, uh, you know, for a blockbuster, uh, it had some of like the highest quality actors out there. Even Keanu Reeves.
2: Yeah, how big it was, and like everyone was, like everyone in my area was like super excited about it. And I feel like it was huge for a long time. It just kind of missed me. I don't know.
0: Fair enough.
1: Yep that's
0: so did you just have people coming up to you going there is no spoon <laughs> and and you just went nerd and wouldn't no. walk away maybe For just a long like time. give him a headlock and... <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it was just always referencing the gun boo if you will um yeah go. it's like everyone trying to do the back thing
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. The back. Yep. yep, bullet time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it it is, like, there's a a really good uh, movie podcast called Blank Check, and they did a series about the Matrix movie as a long, you know, several years ago, but uh, that was, I think one of the things they mentioned was, like, there have not been a lot of movies that had such a huge impact, like, right off the bat, where, like, after Matrix was released, bullet time was everywhere, like, people just latched onto it and everything from Oh, Simpsons to Oscar's ceremonies.
1: It's fucking in an episode of the Sherlock TV show. Like it's just, it's the <laughs> most iconic yeah. single camera thing ever done, ever, yeah, it's, maybe.
0: It's wild stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is why everyone should watch the Matrix. The plot of like Cyber Jesus Daddy saves us from robot Satan is like not that cutting edge. And the acting's pretty yeah. good, but like it's blockbuster it is the camera work that makes the movie fucking incredible though
0: the camera I, I mean it's the camera work the action i think it it the series as a whole and i i are you going to be going into the other two movies or just we're talking the first one or
1: the other two movies exist but we're mainly, oh, i'm not i'm not great. summarizing they're the other great. two movies
0: so the other like the whole trilogy, i tried to like, i tried to write the
1: whole up. matrix and- <laughs> plot summary and i it was too confusing
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's it it like puts a lot of what makes the whole cyberpunk genre and sci-fi into a really like fun action thing. Like a, a good there's a good chunk of of sci-fi that is based on a bunch of nerds being very heady about weird stuff. Uh, see also Philip K. Dick. And people like David R. Bunch, who never got any traction because he's truly deranged. But um the whole the whole trilogy does a lot of like really cool things about you know questions of what artificial intelligence is, what like it is to be alive. And then and like the 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 new movie does a lot of like fun, kind of sappy shit about like the power of love and uh neil patrick harris plays (laughs) it no no one cares about that but neil patrick harris plays a very 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 perfect like perfect embodiment of uh the social media ad driven algorithm that must be destroyed (laughs) Mm, nice nice. yeah it's 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 a good movie people didn't like it a lot but i'm sure i think it's gonna people are gonna come around on it
1: yeah And that really is, like, the best part of The Matrix, in my opinion, is that it discusses complicated themes, but, like, never stops being entertaining. Yeah. Like, even the third movie, which is objectively the worst of them, is still, like, pretty fun to watch.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm not going to fight you on that.
1: Yeah. Um, There isn't a lot of nerd shit that's really fun to watch. Like, I love 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I like...
0: I wouldn't call that a fun watch. No. (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) the most fun you get... And things I would label kind of nerd shit is like in a weird way Mad Max sort of yep. but that's like it and it's not as big as the Matrix no and neither as nerdy or as fun
0: I mean I think it's very fun
1: but not as fun as the Matrix well
0: alright I guess let me let, I don't know I'm gonna walk that back a bit Road Warrior and Fury Road are both very fun movies Yeah, the first Mad Max is a very, very grimy, hard watch, but is good. Yeah. And Beyond Thunderdome, it's just, there's too much
1: there's a lot going happen. on in that movie.
0: That, <laughs> that's it's what weird. happens when George Miller steps away <coughs> from directing a movie mid, mid-shoot.
1: Yeah. The Matrix is a movie that only someone who is influenced by John Wu and Dostoevsky could make, in, in essence. Yeah. Um, for example, the Matrix is a deep dive into how Western epistemology fails when confronted with advanced technology, but it does that by shooting a lot of guys. <laughs> See, deep, but fun, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm into here.
0: Yeah. And... So what were you saying that your philosophy courses didn't do that?
1: Absolutely not. They were the least fun thing I've ever experienced.
0: <laughs> did you take any philosophy, Rachel?
2: No, I kind of wanted to though. No. But no,
0: you, no, you, no. you no. made the right choice.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I took one. That was too much.
1: That's the proper response to taking one philosophy course. <laughs> not no saying here, take forty thousand dollars more of my money, <laughs> which is what I chose to do. No. <laughs> To learn about things that are done. Yeah.
0: And don't involve shooting a bunch of guys.
1: (laughs) Which is truly the only philosophy worth reading. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And The Matrix does this with, like, tons of different issues. Race, gender, class, capitalism, love, the cool jacket industrial complex. It's got lots of things to say about all of these topics.
0: And cool sunglass industrial complex.
1: Yeah. Those like early 2000s cool guy edgeboard glasses.
0: That was the reason I got transition lenses so that I could be cool when I was outside. Like me. I do feel like Like once that movie
2: came out, the fashion that followed was just inspired.
0: It was just everyone decided that they wanted to be goth, Mm -hmm. but not really goth, but just enough. (laughs) Yeah. We're all going to go to Hot Topic now. Everywhere is
2: sold out of long black trench coats.
0: Uh huh. We're all Mm going to be really into straps and loops. Mm
2: -hmm. Nothing
1: to hang on them, just open straps and loops.
0: Yeah.
1: Nihilist philosophy wrapped up in cool streetwear. (laughs) Yeah. Brilliantly done, Wachowski sisters. (laughs) Camus updated for the modern era. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. The Matrix comments on almost everything but it never forces any of it on you which is really great. You can watch it and like legitimately just have a good time. It isn't a heavy-handed analogy like Star Trek where everyone wears funny outfits and spout, spouts platitudes about moving beyond capitalism all the time.
0: <laughs> except, except for the Ferengi.
1: Except for the Ferengi. Got yeah, to love fair. the
0: Ferengi. You do got to <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oof. Um... <laughs> And it isn't, like, overtly political in the way Orwell's 1984 is. It isn't even as, like, obviously satirical as something like Fight Club or any of the Coen Brothers movies. I,
0: I think, like, the first chunk of The Matrix, when Neo, like, before Neo takes the red pill, is obviously satirical. It's but just, it isn't, like, everything. obviously
1: satirizing anything. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, I mean in my opinion, you, it is, but is, this,
1: obviously most people don't think so.
0: This is, that's, that's how I know that you've never worked in an office building. God, no. <laughs> and you've never been in a room with rows and rows of, gay, of gray cubes where everyone under those fluorescent lights just looks like a dead fish.
2: <laughs> There's nothing behind the eyes.
0: No. No. Nothing.
1: Now I'm not gonna get cucked by Michael Scott like that. Good. <laughs> you should keep it that way, yeah. Yeah. But I admire your sacrifice, comrades. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I broke free. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I admire your sacrifice, Rachel. There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say after yeah. a full day. <laughs> like I said, nothing behind the eyes. No.
0: <laughs> yeah just plugging away doing tasks as assigned to you by your supervisor
2: mm-hmm. meaningless
1: everything's meaningless anyway no. <laughs> speaking of meaningless <laughs> i posit the matrix is something completely rare in cinema a politically motivated popcorn flick i couldn't think of another one i don't know if another one springs to mind
0: uh, I think P- Fight Club was pretty big too
1: Yeah, but Fight Club is like There's a lot of like r- Political rants And it's, some people yeah. don't get it But it's still very like You're not your job, you're not your fucking khakis I'm yeah. Brad Pitt, I hate consumerism, the whole fucking movie Yeah. Whereas there's none of that In The Matrix, it doesn't beat you over the head With meaning, and you don't even have to think yeah. About the fact that the director's told you It's a trans allegory like 19 times
0: Yeah um, I gotta go braid the holla. All right. Sounds good. So I mean, Rachel, do you wanna you can keep going and I'll just rejoin in like 10 minutes. How oh, fast can you plot? It's gonna be a bit.
1: <laughs> we'll more just ten. take a we'll just take a little break here and then come back.
0: Right. Sorry, sorry. No
1: problem. No, How dare back. you. I'm gonna go grab some more coffee. <laughs> yeah, do it. Cool. Look at Aaron go. Adorable.
2: I know, just back and forth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh such a dad <laughs>
2: uh, man oh. i wish he didn't have his headphones plugged in right now
1: i know for her uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the comment on his face yeah thing. i have comments <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so what do you do for the company you guys work there you
2: uh, work yeah i um well do you know what aaron did yes Okay, so pretty much the same thing, but less, like, certification stuff, more, like, event management and planning,
1: stuff like that.
2: Yeah, so, like, still, like, board meetings and awful administrative stuff, but Mm. not certification-related. I hate that shit.
1: Yeah, that sounds a little more exciting than what Aaron did, but...
2: It is, but I'm so over it. I need to leave so fast. Uh, it's like every day like slowly breaks me down more and more. Oh god. Yeah, uh, so sad. Yeah.
1: Uh, are you looking for other stuff?
2: Hypothetically. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Uh, mm. What do you do again? Are you a teacher?
1: I am a SAT ACT tutor. Nice. And a chef.
2: And just casually a chef.
1: Yeah, I do them both part-time.
2: Cool. Did you go to, like, culinary school? No. I'm just, no? Okay.
1: Cool. Just, uh, I do, like, catering chefs, so it's sort of like I wind up doing a lot of prep work and shit. So mm-hmm. it's not like, I'm not a fancy chef, but I know how to cut an onion.
2: Nice. Well, it's, like, the, one of the basics, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just one of those general purpose. Do a lot of, like, gig economy type, professional gig economy type stuff. Yeah. Do you like it? It's fine. I don't have to work a lot, so that's nice. Yeah, it's a plus then. Because both of the jobs pay really well, but there aren't a lot of hours, which is why they pay really well. So you get two or three of them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Tutoring pays like thirty-five, and cooking pays like thirty. So you wind up not having to work a ton if you're willing to like have no benefits and be juggling shit all the time, which is fine.
2: I know. It's like I've been in corporate life so long. I'm like, what am I going to do without my health care benefits from my employer? You know what I mean? Like, uh, Uh, I hate it so
1: much. (laughs) I stay right under the line you need to get government assistance, (laughs) which is how I manage it. Otherwise, I'd have to work a lot more. (laughs) But If you can stay on Medicaid, it makes things a lot easier.
2: Yeah. Yeah, one day I hope to leave VTM, but I would. I will just like like to work. I don't know, like in a garden place or like with some dogs would be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. I don't
2: know. Yeah, maybe I'll start doing like Rover full yeah. time.
1: Yeah, dogs every day. Now? No, <laughs> so I have a long way to go. <laughs> I was just looking at Rover. It seems kind of fun. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I have a friend that does it, and she seems to enjoy it. But she also is like a soccer player and so her her daytime days are open so it's like the best time for a dog sitter but yeah anyway
1: all right good yeah. for an hour sweet
2: oh yeah also that reminds me i have a i need to end at six.
1: Oh, okay that was <laughs> okay let's get into it um uh, picking up where we left off Three, two, one. Um. Yeah, so the cool part about The Matrix for me is it doesn't beat you over the head with meaning. You don't have to think about the fact the director said it's a trans allegory. You can ignore the fact the machine overlords sucking the life force out of the humans are obviously capitalist bosses. You can skip through the themes of sexual and gender liberation to technological progress. But there's a problem with all this, which is that the Wachowskis are way too good at their job. You can just take the George Lucas and ignore the Homer. Which brings us to my favorite part of every podcast, the point where I get to explain something to Aaron that he already knows, but he has to listen to me anyway. Good. <laughs> um, I, good. Aaron, have you ever I, heard of the death of the author? Uh,
0: I think that's a uh, David Mamet play about <laughs> a used car salesman.
1: Exactly. Named
0: Robert R. Arthur author.
1: <laughs> Robert R. Author. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll cut you some slack. Explain death of the author MFA slave.
0: Okay. I mean, at, at its most basic, it is the idea that the author's intention is just as valid as the reader's intention and that the author's intention in creating a work does not constitute that attention being canon. In other words, if I write a short story, and I mean it as an allegory for uh the capitalist working class destroying or the capitalist class destroying the working working class then uh that is my interpretation, but if your interpretation is hee he cargo smash smash blow up, then that is just as valid as mine ter- is mine
1: well said um. One of the things about political allegory is usually the author dies because you take them out behind the shed and kill them. Yes. (laughs) Um, To separate Orwell from Animal Farm, you have to just, like, straight up stab the motherfucker to death a bunch of times. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) Because
1: it's just his thoughts put into novel form. Um, However, separating the Wachowskis from The Matrix is pretty easy. If you're not looking for it, you don't have to see their opinions. They kind of commit authorial suicide. Which is pretty rad. <laughs>
0: I think that's also uh, there. there's an element of that that is a byproduct of it, of the Matrix movies being blockbusters. Yeah. And this is me just being a, you know, coastal elite know-it-all. But, you know, generally when you're going in to see a blockbuster, uh, the, the mental, the mindset you go in with is different than if you're going to see an art house movie,
3: yeah,
0: and uh, it is a lot easier to separate the the artist from the art in the context of blockbuster.
1: Yeah, and they're made with that in, mind. in my opinion.
0: Rachel, you're making a your face.
2: Well, I'm just wondering, like, and this might be off topic or irrelevant, but I'm, that's forbidden I mean, on
1: this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did not go into the billboard. Like, in isn't that
2: one? piece of it being of something being a blockbuster is so that it can appeal to like the masses and it's not like specific yeah. to only one group it's like I don't know I mean you know yeah. you, I think blockbuster movies and it's like I don't really know how to explain what I'm saying but yeah, I, I I, like you I think you're, you're saying yeah. that
0: yeah it makes sense Um, and I, I, I think that's we talked about Michael Bay earlier and you take these two Sets of directors and they both make these blockbuster movies, but they do it in very different ways. Where the Wachowskis may, are injecting a lot of meaning and philosophy into their movies, and Bay just does, does a lot of visual aspects, and his visual language and editorial language is very distinct. Um, But by and large, the meaning is smashy, smashy, American military, fantastic. And like, there's not to go full film, full film theory on you all. So I'm (laughs) going to stop myself before too long. But there's auteur theory, which the Wachowskis fit in, which is, you know, you have directors who are uh, in control of the language of a film and it conforms to their vision and yada, yada, yada seeing the, the the product as a a distinct work of art that they have their stamp on and then there's a subsect of that that is vulgar auteur and this is more of like a newer wave film criticism thing and michael bay is kind of a component of that where he makes very uh broad appeal movies but he has that same distinct visual editorial style that auteurs do
1: mm, okay. so it's-
0: Vulgar in the sense of it's for yeah, know, laymen
1: The non-coastal elites The non-coastal
0: <laughs> elites, yeah
1: Yeah um, And while committing authorial suicide Is objectively kind of rad Being rad Sometimes has its downsides End of section oh. <laughs> <sighs> Alright So you have to go at six? Yeah We should just get, keep rolling probably yep. then Cool. All right. Part two. Three, two, one. Part two. Getting pilled. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It sends a shiver up your spine just saying it now. Yeah. So, there's one problem with being rad, which is that everybody really likes cool shit.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you take the, the trip from rad
3: uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Aaron Simon it.
0: hip with the kids. <laughs> Whiff that one, go mm. on.
1: If you're too cool, everyone's gonna love your work, even people you don't want to. You're too rad, and then sometimes you beef it. All right, go exactly. There we go. Aaron nailed it. <laughs> Stuck the landing. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. the Wachowskis' authorial seppuku means the slimiest elements of society are able to leave their gross little slug trails all over the interpretations of their work. While this rears its head in a myriad of ways, the cultural obsession with gun reality being a simulation, AI neo-monarchists, the fact that every misogynist edgelord dresses like Neo. Did you like AI neo-monarchists?
0: I, yeah. Yeah, I, that's
1: a thing. We're going to get into that. Oh, God. All right. Um, there is no example as systemically toxic as the red pill. So that's why we're going to talk about red pilling today. Yeah. Yeah, AI neo-monarchists are a cool group of people.
0: Well, I'm sure with a name like that yes i mean if you're really into neo then obviously you're a cool person that's what that refers to right
1: oh i didn't even think of that no it's like new wave how did i miss that i don't know i didn't make a single joke
0: yeah you fool
1: (laughs) hack and or fraud (laughs) yeah red pilling in the matrix there is a scene where neo is offered a choice quote and I'm going to say this way less cool than Lawrence Fishburne does. Take the red pill, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. Take the red pill, and you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Blue pill, go back to your normal life and forget the reality is a simulation. Red pill, open your eyes and start fighting back against the illusion. Pretty simple. This is obviously evocative imagery. It is possibly based on the appearance of estrogen pills in the late 90s, huh. which were red, apparently. Cool. Yeah. Or the scene in Total Recall, um, where he takes a red pill to, doesn't take a red pill to not leave the dream. Mm. Um, but regardless of its origin, it is mm. one of the most iconic moments in all of pop culture, like, without a doubt. <laughs> um I didn't. I never caught that about
0: the uh, Total Recall connection.
1: Yeah, he's offered a red pill. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It's not a big deal in Total Recall, but no,
0: it's not because yeah. that that movie has different priorities.
1: Yeah. Um. But the idea of reality being a simulation goes back even farther than the mid '80s and what? Total Recall. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> 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 um, it goes back as far as China or ancient Greece, which is kind of the limit of recorded history outside of like Babylon and Mesopotamia, where we don't have a lot of like great <laughs> records. Yeah, um, however, the thing that makes this moment so iconic is that it's the philosophy that humans have talked about forever and how fucking cool Morpheus looks and sounds doing it.
0: Lawrence Fishburne. It's just. The fucking best.
1: Yeah, he's just like in a leather trench coat. He's got on the the circular glasses. He's doing the thing, and all of that yeah. makes this the iconic wake up sheeple scene in all of art.
2: <laughs> I need that you, on my wall. Wake up, sheeple! Wake I think sheeple.
0: you should definitely do that at the office. <laughs> yeah, at the office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> With, like, a. What, all right. You know, like, how there, there's the the hang in there cat? Yeah. You have the hang in there cat, but you put Lawrence Fishburne's face on it and then I, wake up sheeple yeah. instead of hang in there.
2: I can do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll let you know. I'll send you a picture. Right. Yeah,
0: cool. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I look forward to hearing uh, about how quickly I have to help you with your resume.
1: Determined. Yes. <laughs> oh. And if you've spent any time online, you know that the modern right wing fucking loves yelling the phrase wake up sheeple as loud as humanly possible.
0: They've always, that, that's that been. That's true. We we uh, I remember, I think that was like a big fucking joke on South Park when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, it's not new. No, I mean, it's not. Alex Jones's favorite bit. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk and Ivanka Trump talked about being red-pilled on Twitter. Candace Owens started a site for fascists known as Red Pill Black. Wow. Uh, yeah. I it's specifically not. for black people who've been red-pilled, and it's just like... Jesus Christ. <laughs> listen to how awesome the country that enslaved you is. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's become like a right-wing meme. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the appropriate reaction, Aaron. Just kind of. Sad defeat.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, Just surrender ahead. to the void.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right, I got the holla. It's coming. Holla's yeah, coming. So, gonna go into the oven soon.
1: You will be okay once okay. you have braided bread.
0: I have the bread. the bread. Duh, <laughs> bread.
1: So this raises a question, which is how did this iconic scene that is probably about taking estrogen become a far-right meme? Well, they
0: misunderstood it,
1: it. Yeah, they made... <laughs> hey! End of the podcast! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
0: yeah. our new bit. We hit, We ask that question, someone says they misunderstood it, and then we end.
1: Yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> Two parole <moral> credits. <laughs> um, yes, they misunderstood it, and... Um, mechanically <clears throat> yeah and mechanically <laughs> it is impossible to find like a definitive first instance of any piece of internet slang being used mm. but one of the first big instances of red pilling in a right-wing sense starts with a man named curtis yarvin have you guys ever heard of curtis yarvin right mm. that doesn't surprise me <laughs> ever heard of the online writer Moldbug?
0: Whoa, no, this is a new one on me too.
1: Yeah, this was that was Yarvin's pseudonym. He was a Silicon Valley tech bro type in the mid 2000s. Always these fucking dudes. Always these fucking dudes. Yeah, they're a bunch of losers. (laughs) Yeah, mold bug. Um, And he wrote an essay in 2007 that pretty much summed up the modern far right titled The Case Against Democracy 10 Red Pills. You have to read it in that voice. You can't not. He's the biggest loser in the whole world. Um, And I'd love to read you a few of his points so that you can tell what kind of guy he is. Please. Um, Point three. Fascism and communism. Blue pill. Colon. The disasters of fascism and communism demonstrate the importance of representative democracy. Red pill. Colon. Fascism and communism are best understood as forms of democracy. <laughs> the difference between single-party and multi-party democracy is like the difference between a malignant tumor and a benign one. What?
0: <laughs> that's, like, that's bordering on like time-cube levels of incomprehensibility.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, the red pill number seven. Um, blue pill, colon. Right-wing politics and the ignorant masses who support them are a danger to democracy and they must be stopped. Red pill, colon. Right-wing politicians are a classic democratic phenomena. Domestically, they have little power and are mostly harmless. Their international <laughs> adventures are destructive, but they are inca- in a, but they are inescapable consequences of democracy itself. Their international adventures are destructive. But domestically they have little power and they're mostly harmless. Mostly harmless.
0: Just dragging Douglas Adams into this. (laughs) Oh. Wow. You're not, are you throwing more at us?
1: Um yeah, it's my Uh, number 10 is my favorite. Um blue pill. The Western world is moving towards a globalized, transitional free market in which politics is increasingly irrelevant and technocratic experts and NGOs play larger roles in fighting corruption, protecting the environment, and delivering essential public services. All one sentence. Um, (laughs) Red pill, colon. Civil service government works well at first, but it degrades. It's... Its limit as time approaches infinity is sclerotic Brezhnevism. Sclerot- what? Its justification for ruling is inseparable from democracy, which is mystical nonsense, and is rapidly disappearing. (laughs) They cannot survive without a captive media and educational system, which the internet will route around. Also, its financial system is a mess and could collapse at any minute. The whole thing will be lucky if it lasts another 10 years.
0: Rachel's slowly. Yeah, she's slowly
1: like (laughs) sunk off. (laughs)
2: This doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense.
1: No, it does not. And if someone can tell me what sclerotic Brezhnevism means,
0: I know a guy named Brezhnev. I can ask him if he's got something
1: to do with this. Maybe he's the guy.
0: He might be the guy.
2: Wait, I need a, I need another like background on this person who wrote this. Like, wh-
0: do you remember there was a dude that was in one of our clients that we used to work on, who would always sit with our coworkers at the registration table and just lurk.
3: Mm. and
0: would occasionally make really weird comments (laughs) about women not like just like on the border of being objectionable but also just very weird no you don't remember this guy can you
2: send it in the chat
0: yeah um i don't remember his last name i don't think
2: it's okay i think i only need a first name oh yeah you remember that's
0: who this guy is
2: that's
0: who this guy is okay okay Is some dude who's been entrenched in like weird hardware engineering for 30 years and his brain has broken he has become (laughs) not not one of the agents in the matrix but he's like one of those robots that flies around and just like (laughs) switches tubes out in the machine world that's what he is (laughs) Mm -hmm. except he thinks he's an agent
2: Uh, okay 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 yeah this is like yeah that makes total sense
1: now (laughs) (laughs) and like Brezhnevism is such a deep cut soviet policy reference that it's incomprehensible to most people and he's writing (laughs) it in an essay it's like it is a lot happening yeah also, if you use the word sclerotic in a non-creative piece, you can yeah. go and fuck yourself. <laughs> what the fuck? If <laughs> you're trying to express a cogent point, oh, yeah.
0: I feel like I gotta order another just another Domino's pizza and just slam it down my gullet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just get short, that grease in there. Yeah, to to cure to plug the wounds of hearing this dude try to write a coherent sentence. Yeah. In short, Moldbug sucks a lot But um Despite the fact that he is three Racist parts standing on top of each Other in a trench coat This essay was very popular in certain Circles Circles mostly made up of the kind Of people who need to be fed into a Wood chipper um, Yeah And this was Fargo's the first... a great movie Yeah exactly, Fargo's <laughs> a great game plan
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> And this essay was kind of the first thing to really pit the based red pill fascist versus the blue pill democracy cuck dichotomy. He was a pioneer of the analogy.
0: is really innovation, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Innovation is bad.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was such a premier bricklayer on paving the road to hell. You'll know some of the people he's influenced. Um, Neo-feudalist billionaire Peter Thiel likes Moldbug, because of course he does, because he's the same dude as Moldbug. Uh, Actual runner of the government for a time, Steve Bannon cited him. And our favorite modern Joseph Goebbels, Tucker Carlson's a big fan and had him on his show. He was
0: on the fucking Tucker Carlson well, show. not
1: the not the big one, but the like podcast that Tucker does for people who can't get enough Tuck. Wait,
2: when was that? When did that happen? Um, it was a while ago. Got to get Tucker. Okay, the
1: so bed, not like too recent. Not too recently. Okay.
0: Shit.
1: And the thing that unites all of these guys is that they were the exact kind of guy that Moldbug was in the mid two thousands, like bow-tie-wearing tech fuckboys.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just suck.
0: Just absolute suck. Right up there with Musk.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Elon Musk types. yeah. And since pretty much all of the modern conservative tastemakers spent the mid-2000s, much like Moldbug, cleaning shoe polish off of their tonsils while they gargled the boot of the state.
3: That's good.
2: That's good,
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The red, p- <laughs> yeah, <do my> <laughs> the red pill do my best. The red pill-blue pill dichotomy worked their way deeply into their brains from reading his essay, where it sat dormant for a few years, waiting for the chance to infect modern semiotics. Solid grimace, Aaron. Thank you. Which, the
0: last week has not been enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to the point that we've all been waiting for. The thing we know and love, r slash the red pill.
0: (laughs) So many other subreddits that should, that sites.
1: It's bad. (laughs) r slash the red pill was born in 2012 out of the genre of weirdos that read Moldbug. And this subreddit is possibly the reason the world will soon end, which is somehow not hyperbole. Yeah,
0: this one, Gamergate.
1: Yeah. Red Pill. The internet
0: was a mistake.
1: The internet was a mistake. Yeah. Red Pill was overtly a subreddit devoted to men's rights activism and content, but it was kind of the birthplace of Gamergate and was an organizing space for Trump supporters pre-2016. It's where all the incels hung out. It's a space where right-wing nationalists went. It was like a key piece of the modern fascist resurgence.
0: How much of this was present on 4chan? Did you take a look at that?
1: Yeah, Moldbug was, of course, like a fan. Like, all of, like, yeah. Yeah, weird fucking inhospitable tech people were like.
0: No, just wait. I got things to say about 4chan in our next episode.
1: (laughs) Nice. The worst place on the internet.
0: It's it's Except for
1: League of Legends.
0: Anything with Chan. (laughs) Not a Chan stan? No. Not at all. I'm not even going to make a joke
1: about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, R slash the Red Pill created and fostered a community of people who thought like Moldbug, but very quickly grew beyond his cult following. It had almost 300,000 members at its peak, and was the online equivalent of the beer halls where Nazis met in the 30s. Kind of all of these various fascist types congregated on R slash the Red Pill. It's particular red pill, blue pill dichotomy that it originated with was the idea that society had blue-pilled us all into thinking that women were in some way men's equals, and that if you take the red pill, you'll see that women are actually lesser than men. It's are just you, a biological fact. Yeah, are you sold, Rachel? Yeah, please tell me more. You yeah. acknowledge this, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, so. you, this
0: is this is not insane. You've yeah. been reading Jordan Peterson. You understand. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. We got her off camera. She hey. fell off camera. We oh win. my god,
2: Jordan Peterson. Yeah.
1: <laughs> women represent the innate chaos present in the universe. Chaos tracking. Yeah. Is- that kind of lizard. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's these people. I mean, and of course, this kind of thing never stops with just women when you start breaking humans into superior and inferior groups. The you a-
0: archetypes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you get fancy words like Jungian archetypes to break them into superior (laughs) and inferior group. You do erase science very quickly. Um, And this was the subreddit that brought Moldbug's weird red pildom to the mainstream. You had to be a huge libertarian nerd to care about techno-feudalism or, like, machine monarchy or any of that shit that Moldbug's into. Ugh, Honor, I don't
0: think we have time for you to delve into that, do we?
1: <laughs> he wants ro- so the thesis <laughs> of the case against democracy is that he watched The Matrix and was like, "The robots are right." About what? <laughs> Everything. <yeah.
0: laughs> but there, like, I mean, because it, it, it's not the point of the movie. But there is no like thing that the ma- that the, the they're just existing like even the the architect's whole spiel is not to convince neo that the the uh, that the machines are working on a philosophy and they're producing art or anything mm-hmm. his whole spiel is like your place is this you lost you people are only good to be batteries this is it. this has been proven it the is- whole point about the machines is that they don't create and it's not until resurrections which again is a good movie that <laughs> <laughs> that Uh, That where it's like the machines have started actually creating things because they have been shown what can happen with a little bit of disorder. And
1: but his whole spiel is not that the complicated robots from the second and third Matrix are right. His whole spiel is that the robots that keep you in the goopod and harvest your energy. As batteries to power a world where you have to go to the office. Those guys are right.
0: Why you should never, if you meet a hardware engineer in the wild, just <laughs> hit him. <them.
1: sighs> right this is, in
0: the throat. Just punch them in the throat.
1: This is why we've created our supervillain plan to chisel the bottom two thirds of California off of the yeah. world.
0: Yep. Yeah. Anything, nothing, yeah,
1: nothing good can come from there.
0: Yeah, remove everything south of I don't know what. what's just north of San Francisco. I don't know what I know. My geography of California is you have San Francisco, Oakland, uh, nothing, and then there's like that little San Luis Obispo, which is LA. That's my <laughs> geographical understanding of California, and those are within. 45 minutes of each other.
1: Uh, I haven't have fact checked it, but I think that's right.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> Remove all <laughs> that. There's Absolutely. like a mountain. There's like a mountain north, the same Shasta, I think, is a mountain. I think That.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. World traveler, Aaron Simon. Never,
0: <laughs> <laughs> never leave Portland. <laughs> Everywhere south of Portland must be destroyed. <laughs>
1: Like I really
2: want to make fun of you for not knowing California, but I also don't know California. So wow. I'm right there with you. I know yeah. there's redwoods, big trees, Sacramento, and then past Sacramento. I
1: yeah, couldn't tell you. The redwoods are the only good thing. So you've nailed it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. And we're slowly trying to destroy them all. So yeah. California si- chisel it into the ocean. Yeah. Buy Simon Coin. Simon Coin <laughs> <laughs> to destroy the redwoods. Yeah. <laughs> They're too tall. They make me feel inferior. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my position about all trees, but especially the redwoods.
1: They're condescendingly tall.
0: Exactly. Can't trust them.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, R slash the red pill. Very bad. Um, and the thing that drew people to it when mold bug didn't have a big audience. The thing that got r slash the red pill's big audience is that everyone in the whole world has an opinion about how women should act for some fucking reason.
0: Well, especially
1: on the far right,
0: because it, uh, it you know bi- biology.
2: Yeah, exactly. they're the only ones that can speak to that.
0: Yeah, I, I read no question. Yeah, Richard Dawkins. A couple of his books, so I know everything about
1: biology. <laughs> I know everything. You didn't need to put more there.
0: <laughs> I I miss the purer days before 2012 when you you could go on Reddit and like the worst thing about it was like the the incredibly huge Richard Dawkins fans, yeah, who were universally despised.
1: I know that because in the early teens I was one of them.
0: We all had our phase. Yes, I understand atheism now. There is no evidence for God.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I read all 200 pages of his book debating (laughs) 4,000 years of theology. (laughs) I I read The Blind Watchmaker. I am a genius. Eat shit, Pope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was that guy, and I'll never speak of it again. Um... (laughs) Yeah. And this wanting to tell women how to live their lives was really the thing that united the modern fascist movement.
0: Would you say that it united the right?
1: It did unite the right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, not all people on the right hate black people. It's just a lot of shit. Yeah, head. Rachel, wasn't <laughs> that? <laughs> Not all people on the right hate black people. Not all people on the right think George Soros is trying to destroy the government. And not all people on the right want the machines from the Matrix to rule every part of your life. <laughs>
2: not all men.
1: <laughs> not all men. <laughs> not all men. <laughs> not all men. <laughs> but they do all want to tell women about how they should cook and clean and wear whatever the fuck gingham is. Um, what is gingham? I don't know. Gingham. Is that a pattern yes, Is that it's pattern? like it's
2: like a picnic table pattern'
1: a yeah, little house on the prairie dresses they're always called gingham dresses yeah. oh, okay,
0: all right yeah. all right like
2: if you watch a great British bake off the gingham altar mm. no, no, maybe
0: I've been watching Barry. that's a good show
1: not not the dog not I mean dad. I
0: also watched the dog, <laughs> I thought it I, I mean I was confused. I thought it was a show by Bill Hader about my dog. it's not. <laughs>
1: I would watch that show. He deserves
2: his own show, yeah. He
0: does deserve his own show. He's Mm -hmm. a good boy.
2: Next project. Yep.
1: Yeah, and this desire to tell women what to do united everyone around the term red pill because they all went to the subreddit where they could tell women what to do and then they all started using red pill and now it's just a meme. Like everything else. Yep, it all starts with telling women what to do and then it goes mainstream. Um... Yeah, so it jumps from an image on one conservative shitty blog to a large Reddit community, to the right-wing mainstream. But what about the analogy makes it so that it can be picked up by so many different people with so many different agendas?
0: I have a theory, but Rachel, do you have a theory?
2: I need slightly more time to build it in my head so you can go first.
0: My theory is <clears throat> that it is an easily accessible term that allows you to feel like a very special smart boy. And once you have taken... I
2: thought you were going to leave it pill, there. I thought that's all you are going to say.
0: <laughs> and you have become a very special smart boy. You can tell people exactly how much of a very special smart boy you are by saying in a very cool way, because it quotes Lawrence Fishburne, I took the red pill. This is my theory,
1: and that is what I'm going to say in part three. You guessed it, Aaron.
0: Oh, sorry, Rachel. You don't get to say your theory because we—I solved it.
1: No, that was perfect.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: and also I just mostly agree. So, okay. All right, and counting down: three,
1: two, one. Part three. Not all secret realities are created equal. Hashtag. Hashtag. Hashtag not all men. Hashtag not all secret
3: realities.
1: (laughs) (laughs) While I have lots of opinions about humanity, I believe there is only one objective fact about human behavior. It is explained in depth in 1972 by the greatest modern philosopher to ever exist, Christopher Christofferson. In his seminal work, Jesus was a Capricorn. Its chorus begins with the phrase, everybody's got to have somebody to look down on.
0: Mm. Is that a Capricorn thing?
1: Uh the song's fucking genius. If you aren't okay. super into Chris Christopherson, you're wrong. But um <laughs> it's it sort of conjures this, G- this Jesus that's like a modern in 1972 language, like for like a Portland health nut asshole.
3: Okay.
1: The, the opening is Jesus was a Capricorn, he ate organic food, he believed in love and peace and never wore no shoes. Okay. Yeah. It's I'm not going to talk about Chris Christopherson for 20. Years. Okay, <coughs> I, I really want to though. No listener <laughs> that I really want to.
0: One day we'll do our country music episode,
1: <laughs> which will just be about how much I love famed Rhodes Scholar Chris Christopherson, <laughs> who's the only Rhodes Scholar you can stand. All the others, you have to cut their head off. Um, Is he really a Rhodes Scholar? Yes, <laughs> he All went right. to uh, he studied English at Oxford.
0: This is one thing that you should know about Shark is uh, Springsteen (laughs) and Chris Chris, Chris, Chris. (laughs) Gustafsson.
1: The two great modern thinkers. (laughs) Eat your fucking heart out, Foucault. (laughs) Um, Yeah, everybody's got to have somebody to look down on. This is, to some degree or another, the core of all political beliefs. Um, everyone thinks that everyone else is having the wool pulled over their eyes. You can ask a tanky about the Holodomor, a Nazi about the Holocaust, liberals about the CIA, or anarchists about the Paris Commune, and you will often be greeted by a rant about how everything you know is actually wrong if you just read the right history.
3: Yeah.
1: I always have a 30 minute rant about Max Robespierre being awesome, queued up at any time because <laughs> he was. And if you just read the right history, you'd know, wake up. sheep. Right.
0: Right. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. You can, you, I give you permission to, to be in your safe space and not go into your Robespierre.
1: My safe space about how cool the guy who killed all of Western France is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You don't have to do that here. It's okay. It's okay. We're all on your side.
1: Finally, people who've yeah. read the right books. <laughs> and this obviously extends past politics. I think Megan Fox is the most slept-on actress in Hollywood, purely because of sexism.
0: That's a take.
1: That Jennifer- is a hot take.
0: We don't have time to go into that.
1: No, Jennifer's that, Body is a, a great movie. Watch it. Um and I'm sure everyone listening to this pod has an opinion like this. Maybe you think Austin Powers is a comedy classic that people don't understand because they don't get slapstick. Or you, or you think like Shrek. Shrek's fucking brilliant. It is brilliant. You can't hate Thank on Shrek, you. Aaron.
0: Everyone yes. younger than me is wrong.
2: No, nuh-uh. it is
1: gold in so Every many ways. Everyone
0: younger than me is wrong.
1: Mm-mm. Every morning Aaron gets up and yells that to God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, no. Actually, oh that reminds me there's one clip of someone it's like fan, you know, fan art, whatever. Someone made this video of Don't bring us into that world. Oh god, yeah, no, you know what? I (laughs) should I should. Let's keep
1: moving on. We don't (laughs) need to go (laughs) into
0: it. Knuckle deep and pregnant
1: Sonic. Jesus Christ, that was a sentence. <laughs> um, all this right. later. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you think pineapple doesn't go on pizza because you're an idiot. Um what I'm saying is that almost everyone has an opinion structured like blank is good, but people can't see it because of blank which is the quintessential red pill moment. And it's why the image is so evocative. As Aaron said earlier, you get to be a smart boy. It hits the lizard brain superiority thing. You are the keeper of secret truths. Everyone's missing something. You know the Da Vinci Code. You are whatever the National Treasures guy's name is, who I won't look up. Wait. What was this? Yeah, Nick Cage, but his character had a name.
0: Jim Jim Bobbers.
1: Yeah. Jim Bobbers, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck those movies, I refuse to Google it. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm not saying this is like a good thing. It's just a part of who we are. A part that we all should definitely combat. However, this feeling of secret superiority is a key piece of right-wing politics in a way that it just isn't for other stuff. Like all people at any movement are victims of this thinking, but in right-wing politics, it is a feature not a bug. See, while everyone has their red-pilled beliefs, on the far right, it is strongly tied to conspiratorial thinking. Conspiratorial thinking puts this feeling of secret knowledge to the forefront of any belief. It's when you think about like the communist concept of saying something like, I'm part of an elite group who understands historical materialism, because I've read a few thousand pages, so I see that capitalists are destroying the world, but other people haven't, <Steph> you're kind of lame. But you are at least arguing about facts that other people have access to. And you're offering real world solutions to problems that do in fact exist. You like that, Aaron? There's a choice. (laughs) Um, When you say something like the world is controlled by a wealthy cabal of Jewish people who strive to keep the Aryan blood down in a biblically ordained race war, you're no longer saying a phrase that can like functionally be debated or discussed. The only kind of backdrop is that Feeling of secret truths, that lizard brain superiority. Mm. I know that that's a belief very near and dear to your heart, but
0: I, I was uh, holding myself back from commenting for obvious reasons. <laughs> Suffice to say, uh,
1: your statements have been noted. <laughs> you've sent you've sent new protocols to the elders about my behavior. Indeed, yes.
0: <laughs> the elders are now chaired by Barry.
1: What an adorable version of Czar's propaganda!
0: Just leading a charge against cops by just sitting on their on their feet.
3: Adorable. You can't move,
1: <laughs> and you the can sort of and
2: wait. Is that your Barry voice?
0: It's it's one of the Barry voices. Uh, okay. Usually, he's more of a goblin. <laughs> like, Everyone
2: like, has their goblin like, days. Yeah, like
0: it. no, you will not defeat the people's will.
1: <laughs> that's you. That's
0: his usual voice.
1: <laughs> <sighs> and in my opinion, the way you can tell if you're red pilled into like discussing some version of reality or not is whether you're totally divorced from like details and outcomes mm-hmm. as a possibility, or you not. Want. Yeah, like, even Stalinists are, like, concerned with reality in material some material outcomes way. outcomes of yeah. something, yeah. Whereas, um, if you get red-pilled into a belief that you're a soldier in God's invisible war against the Jews, or Donald Trump's war against the pizza reptiles, or QAnon's fight <sighs> to save the children from Satan, it's a belief about capital G good and capital E evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mythological Just worldview.
0: Flashbacks to it, I, I mean, I grew up around it, but uh, the, the documentary that came out in the early 2000s called Jesus Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really sets you up to kind of buy into these ideas of techno feudalism. Yeah. And machines.
1: <laughs> and once you start buying into any of those ideas at all, you really like can't come back to the real world. Because you believe in like evil lizards that have sex with children in a pizza place,
0: <laughs> which you know,
1: yeah. Like That's, I don't
0: even know how to like start. You, you can't start with that. It's like you, I think this is. I mean, the
2: the <laughs> the look on the, your face. <laughs>
0: well, I'm just <laughs> it's like that. Well, you just need to debate people and take the speak to them in their own language. It's like how you <laughs> you cannot start. <laughs> when it's at that mm-hmm. level, that's impossible. Uh, I don't know how to how you can start, and I'm sure there's someone who has an answer. But I gotta work, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a dog. I gotta take care. Of. I got things that I, I have got to bread
2: do. that needs to go in the oven.
0: I got <laughs> bread that has to go in the oven. You know, it's I gotta go out and get locks. I have things that I have to do. I can't be over here talking about like, lizards. Why eating pizza all the time? If it ain't Ninja Turtles, I'll talk to you about
1: the titles. Raphael, a mensch. I'm now imagining Jewish Ninja Turtles, and I would watch that comic. (laughs) You would
0: watch that comic. (laughs) I want, I want that to be the phrase used when talking about watching like a Marvel movie.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go
0: watch the comics.
1: That's what I liked about the movie, The Batman, is that it sounded like your mom was going to watch the Batman movie. <laughs> I'm going to go watch, watch The Batman.
0: Did you watch it or are you just like as <laughs> a never, concept? I've you, never <laughs> seen it. I just like okay. that it's
1: called right. The Batman. Yeah, no,
0: that's that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. It pleased me a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So combining like having secret information that other people don't have access to with good and evil type mythological reasoning, means that your world kind of innately takes on a moral lens that you can never recover from in some terrifying ways. A less extreme example of this is that if you're red-pilled into seeing that the world is controlled by who has the most money, it's a system of beliefs that has a lot of critiques and a lot of thoughts behind it if you're red-pilled into believing that women are innately lesser than men, you have exactly one picture of how that can go. And anyone who deviates from that picture is evil. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this problem is obviously serious enough as it is, but the fact that being red-pilled into far-right beliefs divorces you from reality and then forces you down the path to fascism is compounded by the fact the conservative red pills are really comforting as a concept in a way that all other red pills just aren't they fit the narrative structure that human brains often search for they give you simple problems with clear solutions feminism lizard people the globalists and then they say that you simply need to crush those movements and return the world to its natural state where those people aren't fucking with it a state free of globalist female lizards everyone's
0: biggest concern
1: yep you fight the evil you beat the evil the story ends you don't have to read a whole bunch of books by very boring dead guys you don't have crises that come after and you don't have to make systemic changes it offers one might even say final solutions to problems don't. which i don't no. say flippantly here i know <laughs> I, I know you're not it's like that's that's the goal of yeah this thinking is to permanently eradicate whatever causes the problems which is not a possible move yeah and that's why it's so integral to conservative thinking cuz conservative thinking rests on the idea that society has been corrupted and if you return to a previous time society is better and it has been corrupted by people in some kind of conspiracy who pull the wool over your eyes and if you just take the red pill you can move past all of this blue-pilled liberal nonsense and see that society just needs to return to a time when everybody in the whole world knew their fucking place. Which, ew. Um, So, Aaron, Rachel, Mm -hmm. if we all have our own red pills, how do you personally tell which are medicine and which are poisonous which distort reality and which actually show you it?
0: This is a good question.
2: So how do you tell which distorts your reality and how do you tell which shows you it?
0: I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier with like material outcomes. And this is kind of a byproduct of like Marx writing at the time he was when he was, you know, the science, industrial management based on scientific principles and all of that in the air but if you view things through a lens of ideology or whatever and you act on that you take a look at the outcomes of your actions and see if they align with the with the goal if not you revisit that and make changes it's in a sense the scientific uh, process where you have a theory you test the theory analyze revisit and just go back and uh i think it also helps to not fucking go on the internet uh if you go on the fucking internet you're going to get stupid it's like in repo man the world's best movie <laughs> the, the janitor as he's torching weird shit in a giant ti- in like a trash can fire is like that's what how comes i don't drive see if you drive you're stupid the bus lets you think that's how comes I know these things, see? <laughs> Wise words. Port that over to the internet. If you're on the internet, <laughs> it makes you stupid, see? <laughs> repo Man is the best movie. I will hear no other arguments against that. <laughs> Not the genetic opera. That movie is trash, and the person who made it is a sex pest.
1: <laughs> but Repo Man?
0: Repo Man with Emilio Estevez and... uh guy who always looks very tired and has looked old since the day he was born, whose name I cannot remember. Ah. It is Hank. You're reaching
2: for it. It's right there.
0: Henry, Harry D's Dean Stamp.
2: Wait, is that actually it?
0: Yeah, Harry Dean
2: Stanton.
0: Yeah. Oh, well done. Thank you. That's my theory.
2: And I don't have a theory. I That's okay.
0: Enough that that means that you you don't spend a lot of time damaging your brain thinking about these things, and thus, out of the three of us, you're the most sane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to stop at damaging your brain. I'm like, well, I do that, but in other ways. So
0: you know. <laughs> better ways, better ways, more fun yeah. ways, probably, maybe. I don't know. You could just be bashing your head against the wall off camera. Oh,
2: I'm not there yet. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll <let you>
0: know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have to leave now because it's my time for my two-hour session where I just smash my, my head. Head-banging banging session.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's so, my
0: answer. What's yours?
1: Uh my answer is like you said, like letting. Data influence ideology rather than ideology influencing data, and just acknowledging
2: data first of all. Yeah, like,
1: that'd be a good first step. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: and being innately skeptical of mythological worldviews. Uh, yeah,
0: Jungian archetype. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you got to see this with Jordan Peterson, who was like a vaguely rational human being kind of early in his career or at least felt the need to appear as such. And then the minute he got a following and got that like self going loop of like ideology and mythology, he thought he was here to save the world. And the minute you start like talking in capital G good and capital E evil and just be like, whoa, come on. Hold up. Fellas. (laughs) Oh, that was... <laughs> oh. And in the spirit of this to end the episode, what are your hottest of hot takes? Your most red pilled based takes. Well, all right, I, I said one that I
0: did not think was going to be controversial earlier, but uh, it apparently is <laughs> about Shrek being trash. But, oh yeah. Uh, that's, that's
1: not even a hot take. That's a scientifically disproven opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me.
2: I don't know. I feel like I have a couple. Probably. Uh, I'm going to need a second to think about it.
0: Shark, how about you kick us off?
1: My favorite hot take is that in the movie Avatar, which I mentioned earlier, Aaron, <laughs> you've heard this one in last week's tabletop session. The, okay. the pterodactyls. Oh. So in Avatar, the people fuck by putting their braids together. <laughs> and then they fuck a tree by tying their braids into the tree. And then they fuck a pterodactyl until it loves them by jumping on its back and putting their brains into it, which makes Avatar a wildly problematic movie. <laughs> my wife truly hates that take because she's wrong and bad. <laughs> That's good.
0: I think, all right, my hot take is uh, anyone who is, has ever read and enjoyed Pride and Prejudice and Zombies cannot be trusted about anything nothing Nothing. if someone if if you in the course of your friendship with this person find out that they have enjoyed this book and they tell you i had a really good orange the other day you should take them and shake them and say prove it
1: (laughs) what about abraham lincoln vampire hunter Uh, same same (laughs)
0: Cool. Any, home, of those, any of those? There, there was like that weird fucking
1: that cottage
0: industry of bullshit where people were like, "We're just like, Nye. I'm a nerd. I, I'm gonna take this book and throw zombies into it and in vampires. Urban fantasy is fantastic."
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. Trash.
2: <laughs> I have a small hot take.
0: That's my hot take. Go ahead, Rachel.
2: And I say this without having watched any of the new Marvel movies. Any of them. Yeah. But I think that they're overdone. There's too many. They need to stop.
1: Just That's stop. That's a fact. A- you would be correct. Yeah. Yeah. If I have That's to watch one more movie with a giant light that goes into the sky that a group of superpowered people yeah. have to stop, I'm going to shit myself. Like, I, if I, you're going to
2: have to make me watch a movie and then a yeah. TV series and then yeah. another movie and then <laughs> another movie that came out five years ago... I'm no.
1: I, I
0: will defend the new Doctor Strange only because it is a Sam Raimi movie and there is some fantastic Sam Raimi bullshit in it. Uh <laughs> like it's it's there are parts that are legitimately just Evil Dead 4.
2: Oh, wait, was he the guy in Mr. Robot?
0: No. Sam I Raimi remember. is a director who did Evil oh. Dead Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Drag sure, Me sure, to sure. Hell, sure. Quicken the Dead. Uh like that you cited three consecutive playing. Evil Dead movies. Oh, well, I mean, because that's that's like his that that was those are, start. those are the best, yeah. Yeah, uh and then he he was like a big. I don't know if he created them, but he was a pro, like one of the executive producers on like Hercules and Zena. Huh. Uh, okay. And
1: he yeah. directed the he early two thousand Spider Man. Yep. Nice and, Sp- uh, then... Spider's Man.
0: Spider's Man's, <laughs> yeah, Spiders <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the new Doctor Strange was, you know, if you went into it thinking that you were gonna watch a Sam Raimi movie, then it was a lot of fun. bunch of crash zooms, uh, eyes popping out of things with like a sound, and yeah, <laughs> it was very satisfying. There's like a there's like a really cool inventive shtick battle where like he's in a fight and he takes like music notes from a page. And uses them as weapons. And as he like flings them across the room, you hear the notes. Oh,
2: fun!
0: And if like there are multiple going at once, it's a chord. It was just really good. Okay,
2: that's cool. cool. Yeah. I'll give it. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: I'll give you that. But that's the only. Yeah, that's the only one that I will defend.
1: Stick battle objectively sounds like Mel Brooks and yeah Marty Friedman having a fight. <laughs> Marty Feldman having a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Hot
1: so, takes. yeah, all all strong hot takes. So, uh don't get red pilled. Don't fall into the don't far do right.
0: Don't think you're superior for other people because of opinions. Mm. Don't get on the internet.
1: No, don't get on the internet. Just don't like watch Marvel, the Marvel right? movies. Don't watch Marvel movies. Watch Shrek once yes. a day. watch Shrek. No. once a day. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus,
0: um. God, <laughs> that's too. Look, I went through a period where I went to see like Fury Road multiple times in theaters a week. Because that was a dark time, and I needed something, but I could not have even done that once a day
1: once a day, Aaron, we all watch Shrek once a day horrible that's how you
0: that's how Join you us. drive
1: someone to <laughs> <laughs> you, no! No! <laughs> you point your head towards Pixar and you watch all of Shrek. <laughs>
0: It's just a big Shrek head in the middle of her bank.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so remember, listener, point your head towards the big Shrek head and watch Shrek once a day.